Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello there. Welcome back to this double episode. This is part two of this episode in which I'm doing a text adventure game on textadventures.co.uk. Now, this is part two, so I strongly recommend that you watch or listen to part one of this first, okay? Because otherwise it won't make much sense to you. So, in part one, I started doing this text adventure game. The idea is that you can just listen with me. Um, just listen to the story and just follow along. If you're just listening to the audio, you could check out the uh, the game itself, the text adventure on uh, textadventures.co.uk. There should be a link in the description so you can um, play the game too if you want to. There's also a video version of this which is available on YouTube. And if you're watching the video, then you'll be able to read along with me as I share my screen. So I'm now going to share my screen again so that we can continue playing the game. Okay, so let's carry on. Now, if you remember, in part one, basically, um, well, the game is a zombie survival adventure. And uh, I've discovered that there's a, a zombie apocalypse going on. It's all horrible. There are zombies everywhere. And I've managed to find my way into a an abandoned cinema. Well, it's no longer abandoned because, in fact, there's a group of people living in there. And I've joined this group and I'm sort of helping out. There's a woman, a girl called Alison, who seems to be, you know, interesting. She's maybe, I'm not sure about her. Is she a nice person or not? I don't know. But she's got lovely red hair and green eyes, which apparently in the story suggests that she's, well, she's supposed to be an attractive person. Anyway, what's going on? So where did we stop? So let's let's just continue here. So um, let's carry on with the story. So uh, it says, you're chatting with other survivors when you see a commotion in the corner of the theatre. Alison is screaming at a woman and Jason is trying to pull them apart. So Jason is the leader of the group. Alison is one of the members of this 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 little society. And Jason is saying, we can't let her stay. Uh, Alison is saying, we can't let her stay here, Jason. She's been bitten. So has this woman been bitten or has she just been scratched? Um, the woman says, no, I haven't. I haven't been bitten, shouts the woman. Her arm is bloody and bandaged. I tripped and cut my arm. That's all. You have to trust me. And Jason, who seems to be a bit naive about the zombie apocalypse, is saying, we're letting her stay, Alison, says Jason. This community is built on trust. If we don't have trust, we have nothing. So what are we going to do, uh, listeners, viewers? Are we going to kick her out? Because if she has been bitten, then it's game over for everyone. Or are we going to trust her and let her stay? Now, I think the thing is, in the zombie apocalypse, you've got to be tough. You've got to be mean. Sometimes you've got to be ruthless for the benefit of the group. So, I think so if we throw her out, she's we're going to throw an innocent woman to a bunch of zombies. Tough decisions have to be made. If we trust her, as I said, she could turn and eat everyone. So I'm going to, we're going to, we're going to chuck her out. We're going to kick her out. I know it's a tough decision, but that's just what we have to do. Okay. We have to kick her out. It's too dangerous. So we got a point for being cautious again. So Jason turns to you. It's the first time you've seen him angry. And Jason says, we let you stay here. We offer you food and companionship and you turn on us. What did I just say about trust? He sighs heavily. (sighs) and rubs his temples. He rubs his head. He hasn't got just two, like, modern, two model temples and starts rubbing them. No, he's rubbing the temples of his heads. 
his heads. How many heads has he got, Luke? One. <laughs> he rubs the temples of his head. She's staying here, but you're leaving. Jason points to the door. Get out. Okay. This didn't quite go as a, as I expected it would go. But anyway, let's continue. You Oh, dear. You wander the desolate city streets alone once again. Jason's going to wish he listened to you when everyone in the theatre gets bit, bitten by that crazy woman. Let's see what happens next. So you spend the rest of the day rummaging through a local apartment complex. Rummaging is like looking through things, trying to find things, like moving objects out of the way, rummaging, searching for food and trying to think of what to do next. You wonder where Woodrow is. He's our best friend. And if he's alive at all. You're relaxing when you hear someone else in the adjacent apartment, in the next apartment. The noise moves into the hallway and gets closer to the apartment you're in. Oh dear, what's this? Is this another zombie? Preparing to, preparing to jump out the window, you watch the door carefully. A figure appears, like the outline of a person. It's a tall, curly-haired boy with a red headband. So he's wearing a red headband. A tall boy with curly hairs. Curly hair. You let out a sigh of relief when you see that his eyes aren't green. Because the zombies in this story, well, they're called rotters. They have green eyes. This is how we know. Who's a, normally the zombies or the rotters have green eyes and like blood dripping from their mouths and stuff. But anyway, this isn't a zombie. I didn't know anyone was here, says the boy. My name's Jude. Hey, Jude. He slides a photograph into his back pocket. He slides a photograph into his... So he's got a photograph and he puts it in his back pocket. You see that it's of him and a blue-eyed girl with long blonde hair. How did I manage to see that when he put it in his back pocket? I don't know. But anyway, maybe I caught a, caught a glimpse of the photo as he was putting it in his pocket. And it's him with a blue-eyed girl with long blonde hair and a brilliant smile. It's dumb to leave the colony for an old photo, but I got nostalgic, says the boy. So he's escaped some kind of colony in order to get this photo, maybe of his girlfriend or sister or something and so what am i going to say to the boy am i going to say yeah that's careless you don't need a photograph when you have memories or am i going to say yeah i understand you need something to fight for or am i going to say wait what 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 colony wait what colony i need again you've got to be diplomatic in these situations you've got to try and make friends with people I'm not going to say, oh, that's careless, you stupid idiot. Mm. I'm not going to say that. You won't like that. I'm going to say, that's right, I understand. You need something to fight for. We all need something to fight for in times like at times like this. Or am I going to immediately say, wait, wait, there's a colony? What other colony? Never mind your stupid memories. What about this colony? I'm going to go for the middle option. I'm going to try and be understanding. So I say, <clears throat> I understand you need something to fight for. Jude smiles. It's good to keep hope. He looks you in the eyes. It's not safe to stay here. Come with me to the colony. Okay, see, my diplomatic approach worked. A few days ago, about 30 of us banded together and left the city. We're travelling towards Darkwin. This must be a town. It's supposed to be safe from lurkers. Okay, he calls them lurkers. Everyone's got different names for these zombies. Sounds like there's more than one name for the psychos that keep attacking you. Okay. This is all so overwhelming. Ah, it's too much, you say. Plus, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Why hasn't the military taken care of this disaster? I mean, they have a lot of guns. Plus, how do these people keep up the stamina to run around all the time? Okay, so we haven't realised that these are, like, zombies yet. And why did my apartment have power when most of the city lost power? I was in my basement playing video games for two weeks straight. Did no one seriously think to tell me about this? Jude scratches his chin. Hmm. Yeah, this game has a lot of discrepancies. It's only been two weeks. There's no way this catastrophe could spread very far. Oh, is, is Jude like being... Is Jude breaking the fourth wall and sort of winking to the audience? Like, yeah, this game's got a few discrepancies, doesn't it? It's only been two weeks. There's no way this catastrophe could spread very far. 
All right. Well, no matter what, it's still scary, you say. Are you looking for a, for someone? Jude asks. Yeah, my friend Woodrow. Well, he might be at the colony. Right, to be continued. Let's carry on. Oh, we've completed Zomboloquist. The end is pretty close. We've completed it. Congratulations, but there are multiple paths that you can take to reach this point. What was your dominating trait? So, heroics, zero. So, I was completely unheroic, just sneaking around, trying to, you know, protect my own self-interests. Cautiousness, I got five points for cautiousness, so I'm very cautious. Smart, so I'm not very clever. I got zero for that. And aggression, I got two. Okay, try replaying the game and taking a different route. For example, after going going after Zoe instead of Woodrow creates a totally different story arc. And then there are some musical credits. Apparently, there is music uh, during the game, which I, I've I've had the sound turned off. Well, there you go. I mean, I've restarted the video, and I've, I've uh, you know the end the game ended. But you know what? I'm going to restart. I'm not going to go after Zoe because that's going to be too that's too much game. But I will. Um, I'll maybe take a few different choices. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to... You remember the woman that I, I suggested that they throw her out? I'm going to let her stay. Although I think she's probably going to turn into a zombie and eat everyone. Um, but let's see if we can get there. Okay, just just bear with me while I um, quickly go through all the options again. So I, uh, I went the other way when the zombies were in the street. I ran away again. I sprinted into the comic book shop. Um, I barricaded the barricaded the door with a bookshelf. I got out of the back door when the zombies started coming for me. And then what did I do? I went to find Woodrow. Hmm, or should I go and find Zoe? Okay, let's go and find Zoe. Okay, all right, we've got a, we've got enough time. Let's do it. Okay, so we're going to try and find Zoe this time. This is a, the other option that we had that creates a different story. Okay, then. So, despite what I just said a second ago, I am going to look for Zoe. So, you call Zoe, but she doesn't pick up. What else is new? Apparently, Zoe never used to pick up the phone when I called her. Anyway, she's my ex girlfriend. You and Zoe have had rough patches. So we've had periods that have been difficult in our relationship. And she broke, she broke up with you pretty hard. But you're still curious to see if she's all right. She goes to school at the university in the middle of town and lives in the dorms. Dorms, dormitories, like shared sleeping rooms. You have no car to drive there, but the walk isn't too long. You're just nervous about running into more psychopaths. You, walk, you cautiously walk through the barren city. Again, barren, desolate, these are synonyms. Lifeless you know nothing get nothing there uh still you're still yet to see another average person after 20 minutes of darting between alleys you reach the university campus more darting around dart you know a dart a dart would normally be a thing that you'd throw it's got a spike at the end and like a little arrow and a, a dart goes quickly in a straight line so if you're darting between things um it means you're moving quickly in a straight line between them so darting between alleys from the bushes, you can see a few sickly looking individuals stumbling around in the distance. You decide it'll be better to avoid those guys. Yeah, they're probably zombies, aren't they? You're sneaking to Zoe's dorm when you hear cries for help from the library. What kind of help would that be? Help, I'm trying to find a book about zombies. I can't find it. I don't think it would be that. It's probably more like, ah, oh, there's people trying to kill me. Ah, help. You look over to see a girl standing on top of a minivan surrounded by half a dozen green-eyed maniacs. It's the first normal-eyed person you've seen all day. So she's standing on top of a of like a, a van, a, a car, kind of a large car, um, and uh, she needs help because she's surrounded by zombies. So what am I going to do? Go and help her or ignore her and find Zoe. She's the only normal person I've seen for ages, but she is surrounded by zombies. How can I possibly help? She's standing on top of a minivan surrounded by zombies. What can I do? I don't know. I don't think that I can help. <laughs> I, just, I know I feel I feel like I should help out, though. Do you know? You know what I mean? She's just on this car. What's going to happen? 
Okay, this is stupid. I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to help her. I get a point for heroics. Okay, so finally I've done something heroic. You decide to create a distraction so the girl has a chance to escape. Okay, that classic thing. What we're going to do, like throw a, a chair through a window or something and the zombies will uh, go in that direction and then I'll rescue her, maybe. Okay, it says here, you pick up a rock off the ground and hurl it at the nicest car you see in the parking lot. Why it was necessary to find the nicest car. Maybe the zombies are like, oh, we, we like cars. Why did you do that? I don't know. It crashes through the window and immediately sets off a blaring car alarm. Okay, the nicest car. It's probably going to have a car alarm. The psychos, which you're finding are very simple-minded, they're a bit stupid, become confused and start to lose interest with the girl as she lays still. So she's staying still and the zombies go to investigate the noise. Apparently the zombies have not noticed me, but they are simple-minded. One by one, they wander over to the smashed car. You're proud of your actions... But as you turn around to continue towards Zoe's dorm, you realise the car alarm is gaining more attention than you anticipated. So even more zombies from the surrounding area are coming in now. Oh dear. At least a dozen more green-eyed people appear and begin stumbling over the car. Your path to the dorm is blocked off as more and more people show up. Oh dear, they've gathered in a big herd and I can't get into the building. You look back over to the girl on the minivan and see her climb down and scuttle up the steps to the library. So she's climbed up off the top of the car and go, going to the library. She makes eye contact with you from across the way and motions for you to follow her. She's like, follow me. Okay. Well, I'm not going to go to Zoe's dorm. I'm never going to get through that herd of zombies or whatever they're called. Uh, what do they call them? I can't remember. I can't, walkers, I don't remember the name, but it'll come back. Rotters, that's it. Thank you for reminding me. Let's go to the library with the girl. Okay, so, way. You dart over, again, more darting, lots of darting in this, in this uh, story. You dart over to the library while the psychos are distracted. The girl ushers you in, like, come in like this. She ushers you in, and together you take the stairs up to the second floor stacks. Stacks of books, bookshelves. Okay, thanks for that save back there, she says. She looks to be about 20 with short almond hair, like light brown hair. Those greeners can get nasty if they catch your scent. So she's calling them greeners. Greeners, rotters, psychos, um, zombies. They can get nasty if they catch your scent. Your scent is your smell. Greeners, you ask? The girl points to her eyes. Yeah, for the green eyes. What do you call them? You shrug like this. You kind of lift your shoulders up. You shrug. I'm new to this. What, have you been living in a cave for the last two weeks? More or less. Been in my basement playing computer games. The girl leads you over to two other college students. Okay, so there's two other students there. My name's Jen and this is Percy. And this is Ingrid. You shake hands with Ingrid, but Percy is more hesitant. He's a tall, blonde boy with gap teeth. So he's got like gaps between his teeth. Okay. Don't worry, says Jen. He won't shake hands with anyone. He's afraid of, contra- uh, he's afraid of contracting some disease that will turn him into a greener. I don't think you can become a zombie by shaking people's hands. I mean, you know, COVID-19, different story. But um, shaking hands in the zombie apocalypse, I think, is okay, as long as they don't bite your hand. The truth is, no one knows why people started becoming greeners. But we do know that if you're bit, if you're bitten, you become a greener yourself. Images of old zombie movies flash through your mind. (laughs) old zombie movies oh people getting bitten a montage of zombie type stuff that's going through your mind we've been hiding out here in the library continues jen we're waiting for the military to show up and clean this up percy laughs (laughs) that's not going to happen this virus is way out of their control jen looks hurt by percy's words he's like i'm trying to do a hurt face trembling lip 
Oh, Percy said something mean. Jen looks hurt by Percy's words. She looks over to you with watery eyes. She's like, tears are appearing in her eyes because of what Percy said. So what am I going to say? I'm going to say, hey, don't give up hope, man. This is what I'd say to Percy, I suppose. Don't give up hope, Percy. Or I'm going to say, you know what? Percy's right. We can't depend on false hope. Or we, am I just going to say nothing? All right. So da, da, da. Jen says, yeah, we're waiting for the military. And Percy goes, huh, that's not going to happen. They can't control this. And Jen's like, he said something mean to me. Come on, Jen. Hmm. I think I should say to Percy, hey, Percy, don't give up hope, man. And Percy will be like, oh, oh, okay, I won't. I, I respect your leadership skills. Uh, is that what he's going to say? Now, I'm not going to say Percy's right. We can't depend on false hope. I think it's always important to have hope. Or am I going to just say nothing? Hey, hey the, the military are going to come. No, they're not. Uh, Jen's like, uh, and I'm just going to be like, <whistles> say nothing. No, I'm going to, I'm going to say, don't give up hope. Hey, don't give up hope, man. Percy scoffs. To scoff is like, to go, <laughs> scoff is like that. <laughs> Don't give up hope. And Percy just, <laughs> regardless, interjects Ingrid. We're running out of supplies. We need food. What did you find, Jen? So Jen apparently was looking for food. Jen takes off her backpack and reveals some bags of chips. That's crisps again. And bottles of water. I got these from the South Dining Hall. I could have gotten more. In British English, it would be I could have got more. But this is American English. American English. I like to say American, just for fun. Anyway, um, I could have got more, but some greeners started passing through. They saw me and chased me here. I'm lucky to be alive. (laughs) This food won't last more than a couple of days, spits Percy. We need more food now. I don't like Percy scoffing and saying mean things and laughing at people's ideas. This food won't last more than a couple of days. We need food now, he says. Now, if you help these people, maybe they'll help you find Zoe. There's strength in numbers, or so you're told. Okay, so what am I going to do? I've got two options. One option is this. I'll help you get food if you help me, or I'm just going to leave these people and find Zoe alone. I think that there is strength in numbers. I think Ingrid and, and Jen seem to be reasonable. Percy doesn't seem like a great person. He's probably the sort of person who's going to somehow get me killed, you know, because I can't trust him, maybe. But the other two seem all right. And maybe if we can work together, we can get through this and, and then find Zoe. So I'm going to I'm gonna help them if they help me. Clickety click, click, click. Okay. So what do you want? Asked Ingrid. She has thick blonde braids and freckles. So she's got like her hair in in braids, like pl- plaited braids, and she's got freckles. Is this important? I don't know. Freckles, zombies, like, <laughs> zombies are repelled by freckles. I don't know if it's necessary for us to know that she has freckles, but anyway, freckles, little little sort of brown, um, little brown spots. They're not spots, they're like little brown dots. Very cute. I'm looking for an old friend. Do you Do you know Zoe Melody? No one seems to know who you're talking about. They have a quick they have a quick quiet discussion before turning back to you. Ingrid speaks up. We'll help you find your friend if you help us gather food and medicine. But most of the dorms cleared out pretty quick. Your friend is probably long gone, and we're not willing to leave the campus to find her. Alright, so they'll help me. I'm gonna help them find food. They'll help me search for Zoe in the campus of the university, but that's as far as they'll go. Alright then. The four of you leave out the back of the library. We've gone out the back as the distant car alarm dies. Okay, the car alarm has stopped. You travel to the east dining hall to collect food. There are several greeners wandering around the empty campus, so you make sure to be extra careful. That's me being extra careful. Uh, You reach the dining hall but find the big glass door locked. You can see food inside, teasing you. The food is inside going, "Ah, mm, 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 you can't get us. 
That's the food speaking. If you spend too much time here, you're bound to be found, to be found, by roaming greeners and sat and the sound, a couple of little typos here, there's a couple of missing words. If you spend too much time here, you're bound to be, to be found by roaming greeners, greeners just walking around, and the sound of breaking the door will probably catch attention as well, catch their attention as well. Not Peter Carlson's greatest sentence. <laughs> what are we going to do? Abandon the food or break the door? Hmm. <laughs> Abandon the food or break the door? Well, we want the food, right? We're going to break the door. There are lots of zombies over there, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm living life on the edge a little bit more in this version of the story. So we're going to break the door. You pick up a stray brick, just a brick that's loose on the ground, on the grass, and you send it through the glass door. It shatters loudly, undoubtedly catching the attention of nearby greeners. You rush inside and try to make it quick. So the idea is we're going to grab some food and then quickly get out of there. This is ultimately what I promised I would do. I would help them find food. So mission accomplished. What kind of food are we going to get? Grab some frozen food, grab some canned food, or grab some lunch meat. Lunch meat is kind of, I guess, sort of... um corned beef beef you know hashed beef um frozen food canned food or lunch meat and the lunch meat's bound to be rotten now isn't it unless it's been refrigerated or something but the lunch meat's not going to be in great condition the the frozen food will be frozen it's going to be difficult to deal with it the canned food is i think the best option that's what we're going for okay got one point for being smart You throw several cans of food in a backpack that Jen gave you. Let's go, let's go, hisses Percy. Let's go, let's go. As greeners begin curiously approaching the gaping hole in the door. The four of you sneak out of the dining hall and begin trekking over to the student health building for medical supplies. Percy looks into your backpack. Good choice, this food will last a while. Nice one, Percy, yeah. Yeah, the food will last a while. Yeah, good choice. Okay, let's continue. Uh Uh-oh. There's a picture of a college student in zombie mode. Okay, so the student health building is easier to get into, but most of the supplies have already been taken. It looks like someone was trying to hold up in here for a while, meaning trying to kind of camp in here, stay in here, rest in here, hold up in here, wait in here. As there are a few wooden planks nailed to the windows and and scattered across the floor. Students and employees leaving the campus must have looted this place, says Ingrid. Grab some antibiotics and bandages and whatever else you find, you can find. So I'm grabbing like antibiotics and bandages and anything else. You spend a few minutes throwing bottles of pills and gauze. Gauze is a sort of like a, a medical sort of, band, sort of fabric that you use to dress wounds. You throw bottles of pills and gauze into your backpack when you hear scratching at the door, uh-oh, it sounds like a zombie trying to get in, it bursts open and a greener rushes in, blood dripping down from his mouth. Oh dear. So the door opens and in comes a greener. What am I going to do? Run and hide or fight it with a wooden plank? Well, in the last version of this story, when I went looking for Woodrow, I was being stealthy and careful. I'm now going to be, I'm going to try and be a bit more aggressive and heroic i'm going to fight it with a wooden plank smack on the top of the head bam into its face and maybe crush its skull with the wooden plank when it's gone down on the floor that's what i'm going to do i get one point for being heroic you grab a piece of wood off the floor and rush at the greener Ah! jen knocks it away with her backpack So she whacks the zombie with her backpack and you deliver a powerful shot to the head that topples it over. Bam! And it topples over. You continue to hit it across the head, splintering the plank until it stops moving. The plank is starting to fall to pieces but the greener has stopped moving. Like that. Jen breathes heavily. Thanks again, she says. Second time I've saved your your ass, your ass, in British English, Jen. You toss a few more bottles of pills in your bag, 
and you arm yourself with a hammer that someone left behind. A hammer is a tool that you would use to bang nails into a wall. Pretty good weapon when you're fighting against zombies. Jen wanders over to another door in search of more supplies. There's a bunch of stuff behind this door, she says, as she peers through the door window. She jiggles the handle to try and open the door, but it doesn't budge, so the door won't open. Break the handle and let's get it. We'll be set for months. Okay, so Jen is keen for me to to break the handle of the door, get in and get all these supplies. Now, this seems to me like... You know, when you're watching a film and you're thinking, you know, you're watching the actions of the heroes and you're thinking, who's are they going to make a good or bad decision? I've already got lots of supplies. We've got food. We've got medicine. This seems like a little risky to go even further, to go into a room. We don't know exactly what's inside. The door's locked. Mm. I'm going to break in and loot it because I'm trying to be a bit more action packed in this episode. You motion for Jen to stand back and you take a swing at the doorknob with your hammer. Stand back, Jen. It breaks off and you kick the door open. Bam! But to your horror, a deafening alarm begins to sound. A big alarm. You activated the anti-theft measures. Oh, no. We need to get out of here now, yells Percy. But the medicine's right here, responds Jen. Let's grab it fast and go. I think we've pushed our luck enough at this point. I think we need to get out of there before the greeners show up. Or are we going to grab some supplies and run? We've already got supplies. We've pushed our luck. We're going to get out of there. That's what we're going to do now. Get out of there before the greeners show up. You sprint towards the exit, rushing down the flight of stairs you climbed to get there. Greeners are already starting to enter the building as you approach the door. In moments, you're all but surrounded. You're almost completely surrounded in just a few moments. And they begin to swarm, a huge herd of them. Oh, God. Right. What are we going to do? So we've got, we can, we've got options. We can save Jen. We can save Percy. We can save Ingrid. Or we can just save ourselves. ourselves save yourself and just run. Now, I've saved Jen twice. Am I going to save her a third time? Uh, you know, twice is enough, I think, Jen. You're nice and everything, but still. Percy, no, I'm not going to save Percy because he's, you know, obviously he's a not, a, I don't think he's a good guy. And, you know, he hasn't really um, ingratiated himself with me. So, no, sorry, mate. And save Ingrid. She does have nice freckles, but that's not enough. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to save myself now. Selfish, but I'm doing it. I've got a point for being cautious again. So, this is a. I feel a bit ruthless at this point. You push past Jen, Ingrid, and Percy and sprint out of the student health centre selfishly. You can hear them cry out for help and howl in pain as greeners swarm them relentlessly. Oh God, they're being attacked and eaten and bitten. They provide a fairly effective distraction to the greeners and you manage to run away and hide out in a science building until you're sure that there are no greeners following you. It had to be done. You understand that survival at any cost is key. I had to do what I had to do, right? Okay, let's continue. So, you wander the college campus, lonely, tired and unarmed. Any weapon you found broke or something. Oh, okay. So the hammer just broke or lost it. You hear the ominous growl of nearby greeners. Ominous is like, oh, that sounds bad. That sounds like potentially bad. Ominous means something's going to be bad. So the ominous growl of nearby greeners. Oh, no. God, no. And you see a small group of them catch your scent. So some of them are kind of going in my direction. They chase you between buildings, eventually cornering you up against the chemistry lab. Nowhere to go. So they've cornered me. They're surrounded. I'm in a corner. Apparently, I've got nowhere to go. Suddenly, a rope ladder falls down from a window. Huh? Um, Above you, and you hear a male voice calling out to you. Hurry up, they can't climb. 
Well, I, I th- I've got two options. Option one is climb the ladder. Option two is to fight the greeners. You don't need that kind of charity. I don't need anyone to help me. No, 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 no. Clearly, I'm going to climb the ladder. I hope they're good people. But, you know, when you're stuck between the devil and the deep blue sea or between a rock and a hard place, sometimes you've got to make a quick decision. So climb the ladder is what we're going to do. So you grab onto the ladder and pull yourself up as greeners desperately reach for your feet. You climb up through the third story window that the ladder descended from and find yourself face to face with your saviour. So I've climbed up the ladder into a third story window and there's the person who saved me. My name's Clark, says the man. He's a short man with glasses and black hair. Kind of sounds, you know, Clark Kent? No, short man. Anyway, he's a short man with glasses and black hair about your age. What stands out to you most of all is his T-shirt that has the logo for Murder Proof, the video game that you just played for two straight weeks. Interesting. So you remember at the beginning of the story, I was in my basement playing Murder Proof, that computer game, while the zombie apocalypse happened outside without me realising. And this guy who's just saved me is wearing a Murder Proof t-shirt. Hmm. Interesting. Seems to, he could be a friend. It's good to have things in common with people, isn't it? So you both converse about the game for a while. Converse, you talk about it. Clark is jealous that you had to had a chance to beat it before society fell apart. So it's like, hey, hey, murder proof. Oh, I, I just I was playing that while all this happened. I was in my basement the whole time. I didn't realise. Um, completed it, and and Clark is like, oh, you lucky bastard! You managed to complete the game. Oh, I wish I could do that. <laughs> okay, let's continue. I'm glad I stumbled across you. I'm glad I bumped into you, came across you, says Clark. This guy has some sort of man crush on you because you both like the same video game. So Clark really likes me. He's like, oh, oh, I'm glad I found you. I need your help finding someone. We need to go across campus. I'm pretty sure they're holed up in the old financial aid offices. If you help me with this, I'll help you too. So, okay, so Clark needs my help. He seems friendly seems to like me a lot because I play the same computer games as him and he needs me to help him find someone. So again, other people that need, I'm going to make a deal with them. If, if I help him, he'll help me, he says. Well, this guy did just save my life, so I might as well help him. Okay, I'm going to help him. Okay. Thanks, man. Clark is ecstatic. Oh, thanks. I'm trying to find an old buddy of mine, Greg. He's a pretty cautious guy, really into preparation and setting traps and stuff. But I'm worried the greeners are getting closer to him every day. So his friend Greg is holed up in the where the financial aid offices, um, where where you would go to get financial aid or financial help as a student. You can go and borrow money as a student. So it's like a sort of just a, an administrative office. And his friend Greg is holed up in the old financial aid offices. And Greg apparently is, you know, very well prepared. He's very good at setting traps. He's probably okay, but maybe the greeners are slowly getting closer to him. So we need to hurry up, of course. Together you journey across the campus, careful to avoid packs of greeners. I expect we'd be darting from hedge to hedges to fences and things. You reach the financial aid building and boost Clark up through the window. You know, when you give someone a boost, you put your hands together and let them put their foot between your hands and then you boost them up. So you, um, you reach the building and boost Clark up through a window. He pulls you up and you stealthily walk through the halls. Clark wields a wooden baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire. He's got a wooden baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire. Sounds like um, Negan from The Walking Dead, but it's not a very good sign because Negan is really a really bad guy. So this is not a good sign. Is he some kind of Negan character? I don't know. We'll see. You hear the growl of approaching greeners behind you and turn to see three of them stumbling towards you. What's Clark going to do? Now, he could be useful because he's got this awesome weapon he could, you know, be good at fighting off the zombies. Or he could be an absolute bastard and whack me with it. 
because people get ruthless in these situations. Mm. Clark seems to be a genuinely good guy, though. I'm going to hold my ground with Clark. So Clark and me are going to... I'm not going to run away. I'm going to stay with Clark, and we're going to probably try and fight off these zombies. Okay, I'm going to do it. Clark motions for you to stay put. He says, stay there. Don't worry, he says. The greeners get closer, hungrily eyeing you from across the hall. So they're across the hall, looking at us. But before they can reach you, there's a loud mechanical click. Click. One of the charging greeners activated a thin tripwire set by Greg. So this is one of Greg's amazing uh, booby traps. And a heavy bladed pendulum swings down from the ceiling. It It slices through all three greeners at once. Good thing I didn't run away because I could have been sliced in half by Greg's booby trap. Do you understand what's happening? A heavy bladed pendulum. A pendulum, a thing that swings with blades on it, swings down from the ceiling and it slices through all three greeners at once. Wow. Like I was saying, says Clark, this place is riddled with traps. Greg is super careful. All right. The two of you keep wandering through the halls, cautiously avoiding traps. You come across a hallway filled with large bear traps. Those bear traps are like ones that you open like that. They've got jaws on them. You open them up and set them on the ground. And if a bear steps in it, clang, the jaws quickly close around the legs of the bear. Horrible. Um, so, yes, you come across a hallway filled with large bear traps. Slowly and carefully, you step between the heavy metal jaws, avoiding the bear traps. Halfway through, you see a figure rounding the corner ahead. So someone has turned round the corner ahead of you. Greg, is that you? cries Clark. We've been looking for you. Get the hell out. Get the hell out, shouts the man. He lifts a can and a lighter out of his backpack. He lights a fuse sticking out of the tin can and tosses it across the hall towards you. So a can with a fuse in it. Is this some kind of bomb that he's thrown towards us? Who is this man and why is he throwing a bomb at us? The man runs away down the hall as the can lands next to you. It's a large tin can full of nails and fireworks topped with a burning fuse that's inching towards the centre. Okay, so if this if the fuse burns down, this thing's going to go bang and fireworks and nails are going to fly everywhere which will be pretty bad news. So what do I do? What do we do? Turn and run or deactivate the bomb? Now, okay, if this is a simply made homemade bomb, you could probably just pull the fuse out and throw it away and the bomb won't go off, but it's pretty risky. Or do we turn and run? I don't like the idea of running around in this building because it's full of traps and I'm just going to get spiked or something, aren't I? I'm going to be heroic again and I'm going to deactivate the bomb. Okay, there's no time to run, so you step over a bear trap and grab the tin can. You yank the dwindling fuse out, so I yank out the fuse, moments before it would have reached the firework centre. Clark sighs in relief. Oh, way to go, man. We must have spooked Greg by coming here. He's real jumpy and paranoid. So that must have been Greg. Didn't realise it was us, and he's so paranoid he's just throwing bombs at people. Okay, we can talk some sense into him, though. Plus, imagine the team we'll make if he shares his supplies with us. Okay, so are we going to try and find Greg? I mean, he seems very jumpy and paranoid. Maybe he's going to try and kill us again. But Clark seems to be pretty good friends with him. Maybe when Glenn realises that it's Clark, he'll kind of come round. Let's see. I think we're going to try and find Greg. That's our next option. You hope to talk some sense into Greg as you finish travelling across the bear trap hallway. You follow Greg's trail and find yourself at a large financial aid office. Clark tries the doorknob, but it's locked tight. He bashes the handle off with his baseball bat and pushes the door open. Is, is this how doors work? You just smash off the handle and you can unlock the door? I didn't know that. Anyway, um, you see Greg 
cowering in the corner. So we've opened the door into the office and Greg is there hiding, uh, cowering like that, protecting himself. Uh, Please just leave me be, he cries. Leave me alone. Clark darts across the room. More darting. Clark darts across the room quicker than you imagined he could run. Because you imagined that he couldn't run that fast, right? Apparently. Quicker than you imagined he could run. He darts across the room. Oh, dear. He grabs hold of Greg and throws him down on the floor violently. So, Clark looks up at you into your eyes and you can see that he's wild and unstable. Oh, dear. So we've just worked out Clark is unstable and maybe he isn't Greg's friend. Maybe he's Greg's enemy. Oh, God, what's what's going on? Because he Clark has run over, grabbed Greg and thrown him on the floor violently. And when we look at Clark, he realised he's mentally unstable. So what am I going to do? I can either shout, what are you doing? Or I can fight Clark or I can just do nothing. So I could be like, what are you doing, Clark? Mm-hmm. Or I can just immediately start fighting. Get off him. <laughs> start fighting him. Or I can just do nothing like... Yeah, Clark's just uh, attacking Greg for no apparent reason. He's got crazy eyes. Yeah, just I'll do nothing. Hmm. I feel like doing nothing, but I think that I'd die or something. Um, <laughs> I really feel like kind of going, all right, I'll let them fight for a little bit just to check it out, see what's going on. I'm going to do nothing for a change. Okay, do nothing. You watch motionlessly as Clark beats the life out of Greg with his barbed wire baseball bat. Oh, no. Oh no. Clark is killing Greg with the baseball bat. Oh dear. The scene is gratuitous gr- the scene is gratuitously violent, like really violent, unnecessarily violent. When Greg ceases moving, Clark looks over at you to you. Oh, so I definitely should have stopped it. I'm responsible for Greg's death, and Greg seemed to be a pretty useful person. Oh dear. Greg says, I'm saving the world, man says this is clark sorry clark says i'm saving the world man he says wiping a splash of blood from his cheek do you know why all this happened you of all people should understand it's because of murder proof the game came out right before the world ended the creation of that game triggered something in the universe that made the earth change it was the game's ultra violence if we act ultra violent in reality Perhaps we can reverse the effect. We can bring the earth back to normal. I've been killing people all week trying to save the world. You stare at Clark in disbelief. Because Clark has decided that the computer game is responsible for this zombie outbreak. That somehow the violence in the computer game has created this zombie outbreak. And his weird distorted logic is that if we act in a violent way, that's going to reverse the effects. And he's been killing people all week trying to save the world. He's crazy. You stare at Clark in disbelief. He continues. Plus, I like killing people, continues Clark. I'd never tried it until everyone started becoming greeners. And I started with greeners, but there's really nothing like the thrill of taking a human life. In fact, I want you to try it. I don't want to kill you, man. We love the same game. (laughs) I saved your life. You saved my life and all that jazz. Join me and we can save everyone. I am your father. No, he didn't didn't actually say I'm your father. Luke. So is he going to... Okay, I've got options. Am I going to say, no, thanks? Or or am I going to say, okay, I'll join you. Let's go on a kill spree. Or shall I kill Clark? (laughs) I think if I say no, he's going to bash my head in with that baseball bat with barbed wire around it if i say okay then i'll probably have to play along with him and kill a few people so he doesn't kill me or i should just kill him oh this is a horrific choice i'm gonna kill clark i mean the the guy is he's gonna try and kill me sooner or later and if i don't stop him he's gonna kill more people so this is a moral decision i'm making I don't want to kill. I don't want to murder. But if it means that I'm going to save the lives of many other people by putting him out of action, I'm going to have to do it. It's time to get tough, get ruthless. I'm going to kill Clark. Okay. 
you run over to a desk and pick up a pair of scissors. You know those things that we use to cut paper? Snip, snip, snip. I've got a pair of scissors. You grip the scissors tightly and sprint at Clark, ah, throwing the tacks. Oh, hold on a minute. I've picked up a pair of scissors and a handful of tacks. Uh, we call them pins in, in British English, in English English. Pins, little things that you would stick into a notice board. I've got all the props here today. This is a notice board. You stick pins in it. You can pin little notices to a cork notice board, right? Little pins. So I've got a handful of pins and I've got a pair of scissors in my hand. So you grip the scissors tightly and sprint at Clark. Sprint means run really fast. Throwing the tacks in his eyes and causing him to cry out and stagger backwards for a moment. Ah, my eyes! You lunge at Clark and slash the open scissors at his neck. Whoops. But he deflects your attack with his baseball bat. Ping! Ah, He hits you in the stomach with the butt of the bat and knocks you flat on your back. Okay. We could have saved the world, he says. No one understands. Clark brings the baseball bat down hard on your head, splitting it open and ending your life. Dead. Oh, dear. So I died. Hmm. So apparently trying to kill Clark is not a good idea. Let's go back to the checkpoint. I hope this works. Okay. So, okay, we've gone back to a checkpoint. So, because I died then. See, I'm dead now. Okay, bing, I'm back again. All right, so I've gone back to the checkpoint. This is where Clark, we've just gone into the office again and um, Greg is there frightened and Clark runs over and starts attacking him and he looks crazy. So what can I do? I'm not going to do nothing again. I can either fight Clark or say, what are you doing? Now, if I fight Clark, I think it's going to be the same story. He'll attack me. I'm going to say, what are you doing? Okay. Okay, what are you doing? And this is when he says, um, I'm saving the world. You know, based on his crazy logic. He's saving the world by killing everyone. Okay, so I now I get the... Uh, I get more options. So now I can kill Greg, essentially joining Clark, or I can kill Clark, but we know what's going to happen there, or I can persuade Clark. Let's try and use, you know, the language of diplomacy and attempt to persuade him. Let's try that. He's probably going to kill me. So I got one, I got a point for being smart, for being clever. And I say, I won't kill Greg, you say, and you won't either. Clark laughs. <laughs> Why is that? He said. If you don't drop that baseball bat right now, I'm going to tell you the twist at the end of Murder Proof. Ah, so (laughs) this is my negotiating strategy. If you don't throw down the baseball bat, I will spoil the end of the Murder Proof computer game. Spoiler alert. No, no, don't spoil the game. Clark's mouth falls open. Uh, Wait, be rational, he says. I've been waiting to play that game for like a year. I would have played it already, but I can't play it with greeners running around and no electricity. I've, I've only done the tutorial level. Drop the bat, you repeat. I'll tell you every character that dies right now if you don't drop that bat. Clark drops his baseball bat and his eyes grow wide. He's completely lost his mind. Ugh. Please don't do... D- just don't say anything. I want it to be a surprise, he says. Clark is a total, like, a mega geek who, (laughs) like, this computer game is more important than anything else, especially the ending. So this is is quite a powerful negotiating position I'm in now. Greg takes advantage of Clark's shock and he grabs the bat. Uh Uh-oh, what's Greg, 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 what's Greg going to do? He jumps to his feet and before Clark can defend himself, he belts him in the side. Pam! In the right in the side, in his ribs. Clark staggers to the floor in pain as Greg swings again, this time smashing Clark in the back of the skull. Whack! Clark's body crumples to the floor, lifeless. Wow. Greg turns to you, breathing heavily. <laughs> Get out! 
he says. All right. Oh, wow. That was dramatic, wasn't it? Greg just attacked Clark and killed him. Well, at least that got rid of the whole psychopathic uh, Clark situation. So get out, said Greg. Well, that was really weird. You're back to wandering the college campus in search of Zoe. You find yourself at her dorm at long last. So I finally got to her dormitory. Sneaking up through a window, you carefully creep through the dim hallways. Lots of creeping and darting in this game. The building is desolate. There's that word again. You find Zoe's room and slowly push the door open. It's empty as well. You sigh and sit down on her bed, scratching the back of your head. Well, it was a long shot finding her here. If something's a long shot, it means it's something that's probably not going to work out. A big, you know, very low chance of it happening. It was a long shot finding her here. You see, she still kept the small snow globe you bought her for Christmas, sitting behind a pile of books. A snow globe is like a little glass ball, and inside it, There's, I guess, water and then like sort of fake snow and you shake it up and the snow starts to go everywhere and slowly settles. And there's usually like a little Father Christmas in there or some reindeer or something, you know, a snow globe. So she, I gave her this snow globe for Christmas and she still has it sitting behind a pile of books. I pick up the snow globe and as you're shaking it, flinging small pieces of snowy particles around in the glass sphere... You hear someone in the room next door. Hmm, I hope that's Zoe. Because she still seems to care about me. She kept the snow globe, after all. If she didn't care about me, she would have just chucked it out. Ugh, pathetic snow globe. No, but she chose to keep it. You hear the sound move to the hallway. Should be a the there. You hear the sound move to the hallway and get closer to Zoe's room. So there's something, someone is coming from the next room, coming into Zoe's room. Is it a greener, a zombie, a a roamer, a rotter, or whatever they're called? Preparing to jump out of the window, you watch the door carefully. So I'm like, prepared to jump out the window if if I need to. But I'm watching the door. A figure appears. It's a tall, curly-haired boy with a red headband. Oh, Oh, this guy again. Remember, I'm sure I met him before, but maybe not in this version of the story. But it's him again. You let out a sigh of relief when you see his eyes aren't green. So this is the boy again who's looking for the photograph, remember? So continue. I didn't know anyone was here, says the boy. My name's Jude. Hey, Jude, again. Don't make it bad. Take a zombie and smash his head in. He slides a photograph into his back pocket. You see, it's a picture of him and a blue-eyed girl with long blonde hair and a brilliant smile. It's dumb to leave the colony for an old photo, but I got nostalgic, says the boy. Right, so what did I say to him before? I said, yeah, you don't need a photograph. You say, I understand you need something to fight for, or wait, what colony? I think I was understanding, and I said, you need something to fight for. Okay, remember this? Um... So, Jude shrugs, blah, 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 it's all overwhelming... Okay, so um, Jude says she might be with the colony to be continued. Oh, so that's it. I got, I got. (laughs) What did I do wrong? I didn't find Zoe. Well, listeners, viewers, what happened at the end? This is what happened to us before. I'm going to read through this again. Okay, just to be clear. Okay, so we continue. So we had this before. We got Jude. He slides a photograph into his back pocket. Fine. I say, I understand you need something to fight for. Jude shrugs. Yeah, it's good to keep hope. He looks you in the eyes. It's not safe to stay here. Come with me to the colony. A few days ago, about 30 of us banded together and left campus. We're travelling towards Darkwin. It's supposed to be safe from lurkers. Sounds like there's more than one name for the psychos that keep attacking you. That's right, lurkers, rotters, greeners, zombies. This is all so overwhelming, you say. Plus, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Why hasn't the military taken care of this disaster? I mean, they have a lot of guns. Plus, how do these people keep up the stamina to run around all the time? Also, I met someone on campus that I 
that had like over a dozen bear traps. How did he get those? And why did my apartment have power when most of the city lost power? I was in my basement playing video games for two weeks straight. Did no one seriously think to tell me about this? Jude scratches his chin. Yeah, this game has a lot of discrepancies. This is the weirdest line in the whole thing. This game has a lot of discrepancies. It's only been two weeks. Right, I've got a theory here, and this is going to be the end of this. My theory is that the computer game is so immersive and so brilliant and so advanced that there isn't, this isn't a real zombie apocalypse. I think that our character has just become fully immersed into the game and he's, it's like sort of invaded his thoughts and he's still playing the game. I think he's still playing the computer game because Jude says, yeah, this game has a lot of discrepancies. It's only been two weeks. This game, like what this, we're, we're still playing a game and all these problems, like these things that we don't understand, these are just like discrepancies in the game. Discrepancies. Hold on a second. Let's just be clear about what discrepancies means. Okay. Um, let's ask Colin. Collinsdictionary.com. So we need to go to the singular version. Discrepancy. So if there is a discrepancy between two things that ought to be the same, there's a noticeable difference between them. So discrepancies are differences between the two things. I would say they're it's a synonym for inconsistencies. In the, in terms of a computer game, you'd say there are lots of discrepancies in this game, meaning lots of inconsistencies or things that don't really match up. So I'm talking about the zombie apocalypse and Jude is talking about, yeah, this game has lots of discrepancies. Does he mean um, murder-proof or does he mean this game, this text game? Hmm, it's all very mysterious. But my theory is that this is all somehow a computer game and this isn't real. It's only been two weeks, meaning the game has only been out for two weeks. Maybe there are some software updates necessary. Well, no matter what, it's still scary, you say. You're looking for someone, am I right? Jude looks around the feminine room. She might be with the colony. To be continued. Okay. Okay, so it says, congratulations, but there are multiple paths that you can take to reach this point. So I think this is the ultimately the end of the game. It says to be continued, which suggests that there is a part two of this. I hope that Peter Carlson is going to do part two. Maybe I should send him an email and say, hey, Peter Carlson, Car- Carlson, whatever your name is. Hey, Peter, Car- hey, Peter, uh, I was playing Zombolocaust. Is there a part two? Because some of my viewers and listeners would love to find out what happens at the end of this story. I think we can say that from this point, uh, I guess that the next part would be that uh, that we would try to go to this town that he talked about, Darkwin. And maybe um, Zoe is there. Let's stay hopeful that she's still alive. So this time I got two points for heroics, two points for cautiousness, and two points for smarts. I think I got more points than I did last time. Okay, listeners, as it says here, you could do this game yourself. Try replaying the game and taking a different route. You could see what happens, or at least go through it yourself again. You can, you know, see these words and phrases again. You can copy-paste them into your vocabulary notes, into your word lists and things. Um... And you can just have fun doing this. And there are lots of other games on textadventures.co.uk that you could play around with, including the other ones that I did by Peter Carlson, Victorian Detective 1, 2, and 3. Okay. Well, thanks again to Peter Carlson. That was fun. I hope you enjoyed that. It's been a lot of fun doing this. Thank you very much for watching and for listening to my podcast as usual. Speak to you again soon in some form. Please take care out there in this crazy world. Wash your hands. Wear your masks. Thankfully, we don't actually have to contend with green-eyed zombies. It's not that bad. Yet. All right. Take care, everyone. (laughs) Check the links in the description for all the details and stuff, okay? All right. Have a good day, night, evening, morning, afternoon. And I will speak to you very soon. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk.
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.